This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with uh, my good friends, Graham Williams and John Beeler. We've got a great program today. We're going to be uh, counting down some of the must-have apps for 2021. A new year coming up. Why not get some new apps on your smartphone? We'll also be talking about uh, the big Apple privacy policy update and what that means for Apple users uh, out there. But guys, uh, let's get into uh, some of the uh, the news right now and uh, some uh, interesting stuff. Uh, Zoom, I think a lot of people have been using this uh, throughout the year, but uh, over the holidays, uh, they are lifting their free 40-minute uh, meeting limit uh, uh, setting uh, so you can actually have uh, unlimited calls that's pretty cool nice little gift right i mean the 40 minute limit makes sense because they want to move people onto paid platforms and if you're using it for work the the price per month is not much actually i pay for uh, an account because uh, i've got a bunch of things that i do volunteer wise uh, that weren't having a longer uh, a longer time so you know when you are at home you're on, on vacation having that extra time limit's kind of it's a little bit nice I think a lot of people have been using it and they're wondering why it suddenly cuts out at 40 minutes. <laughs> I, I just like the, the rush to get everything in in the last minute of your call before you get cut off. Yeah. It's like, it's like when people used to call collect and they would leave the message in the message that gets played to them so that the, uh, the operator would know if they could allow the charges to happen or not. I would you like a call from, please, I'm straight into the mall. Come get me, mom. <laughs> yes, exactly. yeah, I've, I've left that message. I think we all have. <laughs> uh, going on to some of the other news. Uh, this is interesting. I didn't even know about this company, uh, but John, you're kind of a, a Chromebook guy. Uh, Google's acquired Neverware, a company that can turn old PCs into Chromebooks. Yeah, well, this is something we've, we've actually talked about this a few times before, not this particular company, but this this idea of taking an older laptop that maybe isn't, you know, good enough to run Windows 10 full blazing, but you can put other uh, operating systems on it like Linux or, or, or Chrome OS and, and basically make a almost a brand spanking new laptop out of an old laptop with this type of software, which is really kind of cool. And it, it kind of makes sense that Google would acquire them. That's usually the end game for a lot of these companies to get acquired by Google. So, um they're doing okay. So they have a software called Cloud Ready, uh, and uh, this is actually free for personal use. So like you said, John, if you've got an older laptop and want to get a little extra life out of it, uh, you can load this up and you've basically got a Chromebook, which no one can find now anyway if they wanted to buy one. It's still crazy that you, I mean, I, I get why you just can't find them anywhere. Like of all the things to run out of, you know, toilet paper and Chromebooks, right? Yeah. So. I think I think the toilet paper and Chromebooks actually fit nicely into the same category. So well done. <laughs> yeah. So uh, on another Google note, uh, Google has a new shopping feature that lets people virtually try on makeup. And you know, so there's a few brands here: L'Oreal, Mac Cosmetics, Black Opal, and Charlotte uh, Tilbury. Finding the right shade of eyeshadow is actually a very—it's very, a very important thing. And uh, you know, having to go into a mall right now, going into a, into a Mac makeup is uh, it, not something that's on the list of things for a lot of people to do. So this is a very this is very pandemic friendly as well. <laughs> this is kind of interesting. I, I haven't tried it myself yet, uh, but I've seen some uh, pictures and, and videos of this. Uh, this works in conjunction uh, with you know, for example, your smartphone and, and its camera, and it it actually kind of works. Quite well, you can uh, try all sorts of different colors uh, and uh, apply them right to your face, like your real face. 
Yeah, I mean, AR really is, we're going to see a huge jump in AR in the next little while. We've seen both uh, Google and Apple bake these features into both iOS and Android. And uh, the new Apple processors are built specifically to enhance augmented reality. Um, you know, add in the, the rumor that we're going to see more Google Glass, we're going to see the Apple AR glasses. Uh, this is just kind of the beginning for next year. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Also, the right shade of eyeshadow. <laughs> We're uh, talking news here on the app show today. Uh, this one freaked me out, guys. Uh, a hacker claims he's gained access to the U.S. and Canada's emergency alert system. So these are these text messages uh, that we can potentially get during an emergency. They've uh, not test ones, but real ones. But they've done a few test ones uh, along the way over the past couple of years. But this hacker, uh, he goes by the name Ver- Vertrux, and uh, he claims that he can actually get in and if you wanted to actually send messages like to everyone. So the line here is, you know, I socially engineered some manufacturers of these these things to give me the service password or the default password. So a couple of things. Um, if you were manufacturing an emergency broadcast system and you have a default password, uh, we need to talk. Like a sit down and, you know, mm, I don't think you're gonna be with us for very much longer talk. Pretty disappointed that that's the case. Here's the thing, there's no actual flaw in the system outside of the human beings that made it uh, because the system itself is secure. Uh, Social engineering means that he called them and asked for the password. (laughs) Yeah, we literally saw this in war games in like 1983. (laughs) Like, it's just ridiculous. The other thing that I'm like, prove it, like, how yes. do you know you how do you know it's not a test system how do you know it's it's not just a simulation for uh training people to use it um it'd be pretty easy just to send a message saying hey you got hacks word um so <laughs> well i think at that point then the fbi would be like uh blowing his door down <laughs> and hauling well, him and out so we, we do have a lot of these zero day uh programs where people get paid for you know uh, finding flaws like this. And if that's the case, uh, if we don't have one of these for our own emergency broadcast system, we should have one. And so at this point, you know, if this guy's found this, uh, if he's done the work uh, and has not actually exploited or has not leaked it to someone who would exploit it, uh, he's a white hat hacker. So pay the guy some money, say thank you, yeah. you know, take the slap on the wrist that you guys kind of screwed up here as far as the social engineering goes and fix it. It's kind of freaky, right? Because we rely on these big companies and governments to make sure that these these networks, these servers uh, uh, are protected. But you just every week there's some new hack and it just seems like there's carelessness and they haven't paid attention to a lot of the security things that they should have. Because people are still in the loop. <laughs> stupid humans. <laughs> Is that where we're at? <laughs> well, lazy, stupid humans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of sad. Uh, Graham, you're a big gamer. Ha- did you get a chance to try Cyberpunk 2077? I did. I bought it for the PlayStation 4 because it's also playable on the PlayStation 5, which I now have. Yeah. Um, and you know what? It's, I feel bad for CD Projekt Red because the game is a mess. So this has been rolling out over the past few weeks, highly anticipated for a number of years. I think they got Keanu Reeves involved in this game here as well. And they launched it and... It just, it it crashed, uh, not like totally crashed, but on older consoles, like you said, the PS4 and the Xbox, huge amounts of glitches. It's apparently seemed to play okay on the new, new consoles, like the PS5 and the new Xbox, but the older ones, uh, people just said it was unplayable. Did you find that? 
you know, I, I didn't find that it was unplayable. Uh, so on the PS5, it's actually, it's okay. There are still some game crashing bugs. Um, you know, I've heard of some folks getting hundreds of hours in and losing their save, which is unfortunate. Um, this is from the company that gave us The Witcher, right? So that uh, The Witcher 3, uh, which is, you know, the story that um, we're seeing now on Netflix. So like really like they're good developers and people love them. Um, so the problem was that they gave us a date that this thing would be uh, released and they pushed it back once and by all rates probably pushed, should have pushed it back again. Unfortunately, they were locked in and they were starting to get death threats from users uh, if they didn't release it. And so this is what happens when you threaten a developer with death if they don't release their video game. First of all, what is wrong with you guys? And secondly, you end up with a game that's not quite what it should be. So they've decided to offer um, refunds through a variety of different places. If you bought a physical copy, um, then you can you can get a refund through, say, Best Buy or Amazon. Uh, I bought it through the PlayStation Store. Uh, Microsoft said that they would give a, a, a refunds right away. Sony has a bit more of a stringent policy, so they were a little hesitant on it. Um, but eventually they ended up offering refunds as well as pulling the game from the, you can't even buy it right now. They pulled it from the digital storefront. Um, I'll tell you this, I'm, I'm actually not going to refund my copy. Um, right now, CDPR is, uh, they're, they're a company that I've always supported. The game's somewhat playable for me, and I'm, I'm playing it fairly casually. I'm playing mostly Destiny 2 right now. Um, but uh, I, I'd actually like them to have that money to go and work on fixing the game. They don't really need my 80 bucks, but you know what? I don't really need it right now either. I've got some, some entertainment out of it, so I'm going to stick with it for a little while. It, it's, it's worth noting that they still, even with the refunds, sold over 13 million copies of the game. Mm-hmm it's almost impossible to sell 10 million copies of a game. So they're doing okay, um, even with the refunds. And, you know, like you said, they're gonna make it better. They're gonna, you know, they're a good studio. They're, they're gonna make it right. Um, I, I was actually looking to get it. I was hoping to get it on, on, on a discount or clearance pricing, but you can't even get the game anymore. Um, I didn't wanna spend any bucks on it, but. Um, but, but it I, does look cool. Uh, yeah, I just find that so interesting because, uh, you know, these video games, they have huge testing involved. Like, this obviously could have come out in the testing, or I'm sure it did if, you know, millions of people have found problems with it, yet they still decided to publish it. Well, and so when you're looking at it, the, the problem here is with the base-level console for the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4. Since then, we've also had the PlayStation 4 Pro, uh, the Xbox One S, the Xbox One X. So they've had some slightly upgraded features along the way. Uh, so their, their testing mostly probably happened on PC with some happening on Xbox, uh, at, uh, Xbox One S and Xbox One X, as well as PlayStation 4 Pro, with probably like the guy in the basement who's sitting there going, hey guys, um, it's... <laughs> My PlayStation's on fire. Clearly just one guy. Because <laughs> they, they still Steve. still managed to let it go. Okay, it's we're gonna have to though, Mike, hang on. Like what the really interesting thing though is even places like Walmart, which has a notorious no return policy on games, has even reversed that for this game. Oh that that bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is this is twenty twenty in a nutshell, right? <laughs> just yes. an absolute dumpster fire to finish it off. <laughs> Throw your copy of Cyberpunk uh, into the dumpster. <laughs> burn it to the ground okay we're gonna have to take a break when we come back we will be talking about the must-have apps going into 2021 and apple's new privacy policy and what it means for iphone users back after this you are back with the app show mike john and graham here don't forget to enter our contest it's at getconnectedmedia.com it's an awesome holiday gift bundle just a few days left to enter uh, the prize basket comes with an Oral-B smart toothbrush, an Ancestry DNA kit, 
Microsoft Surface earbuds, and a Google Nest Mini. The value is over $900. The deadline is December 31st. GetConnectedMedia.com. Hit the newsletter tab, and everything you need to know to enter is there. Let's talk Apple. And there was a major privacy update or privacy policy update. Graham, can you give us a lowdown? Yeah, for sure. So basically, Apple started talking about this in June of uh, of this year. And the idea here is a couple of things. One, that they would be giving users more uh, more information about how much uh, each app was digging into your life, what type of information it was gathering, what it was uh, going to be, you know, based the telemetry it was looking at. Uh, and the second piece um, is essentially giving users a one-click shutdown for all of this tracking and following that's going on. So basically, the core of the business uh, that you know, really, it's what Facebook runs on. It's what Google runs on. They're basically going to give users the ability to shut the door with one click. This is interesting. So there's a lot of app developers that are not happy. Guess who's the biggest one that's not happy? <laughs> Facebook. The one, that, the, the one that took out full page ads in the newspaper <laughs> saying that Apple is trying to kill small business. My, Mark, you're not a small business. You're one of the biggest social media companies in the world. And this is not hurting small business at all. It's hurting Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook. So this is important um, because it actually will give users the choice of what can be tracked. And Facebook doesn't like that, do they? Because they they scarily track every single thing you do online once you've signed up for Facebook. So uh, this is going to give Apple users the ability to turn that on and off. Yeah, so going back to what I was saying earlier with that that sort of list of things that they track with you, um, that's actually live right now. And so this was in an update that was pushed out at iOS 14.3. It was pushed out a couple weeks ago. And when you go to the uh, the app page in the app store, you can scroll down. It will tell you all of the privacy things, all of the things that uh, this app will track or all the data that it will gather. Um, you know, everybody else has got a couple of things like, oh, it's going to tell you, like it's a photo app. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get the location where the photo was shot because that's part of the metadata. Uh, Facebook's is six pages of data that it's gathering. It shows that's just the list of things that it's gathering. Um, it scrolls on and on, and it's like the never-ending story. It's quite beautiful, actually. So if you really, if you want to compare different types of apps, go take a look in the app store at the apps that you use, so you can see basically this privacy checkup um, as to what they're gathering. Uh, Facebook's is it's a long read. Grab yourself a cup of coffee, sit down, maybe stretch before you do. Uh, cry, a cry a little. <laughs> <laughs> Assume the fetal position. Yeah, it's insane how much of this info is being tracked. So I got to be honest, I'm I'm applauding Apple for this. I, I feel, you know, out of the big tech companies, you know, they're one of the ones that are trying to do their best when it comes to privacy and our data. Like, I can't say that about any of the other ones, whether it's Google or Facebook. Well, Google has, you know, their the whole Android system, which is based on tracking all that information. Yes. So they're doing it at the OS level already, or your search history or your map activity, like so many other places that they don't, they don't have to worry about it like they do with Facebook. Um, and Apple doesn't have any real skin in that game. So it makes sense that Apple would take the stand and, and take the, the bashing of mark in full page ads <laughs> it's funny because I've, I've seen some like false equivalence articles trying to say that you know apple is no golden boy here because their their business model isn't based on gathering privacy so why wouldn't they do that i'm sorry there's no equivalence here at all their business model is based on selling software and hardware because they think that you know invading your privacy is abhorrent 
there is no equivalence here at all where it's it's okay to say that what apple is doing is wrong because they're not into privacy they're not into privacy because it's wrong and so they're saying your privacy your information that is digital currency and it's worth money to you and here's the thing if i'm going to give that up i should get paid for it and right now google and facebook are not paying me at all but, you know, it's interesting. So Facebook obviously outraged uh, taking out full page ads on how Apple has done them wrong or, you know, doing them wrong. You know, who is reading those thinking, yeah, Facebook, you're getting screwed. <laughs> Apple's really bad here. Like who? Like who is I, thinking that? I, I just like I really Shareholders? <laughs> I would love for Tim Cook to just put out a full page ad that just says in that beautiful southern accent of his suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> So I'm guessing that you guys don't have a problem with this. No. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. So again, uh, if you are in the Apple uh, iOS world with iPhones and iPads, uh, the latest uh, update gives us all this new, uh, you know, privacy protection and really outlines what data is being tracked uh, when you are downloading any of these apps, which I think is fantastic. And, you know, if you're using Facebook and are wanting to continue, don't read the Facebook data tracking because you're just going to cry. It's it's insane. Okay, I want to give a shout out to the contest one more time. Getconnectedmedia.com is the webpage you want to go to and the newsletter tab. Giving away a great uh, prize package, a holiday gift bundle, everything from a smart toothbrush from Oral-B, a, a DNA kit from Ancestry.ca, Microsoft Surface earbuds, and a Google Nest Mini. Again, getconnectedmedia.com. When we come back from the break, we're going to be talking about the apps that you need for going into 2021. Stay tuned here on the App Show. Back after this. You are back with yep. the App Show. Mike, John, and Graham here. We're going to talk about some of the apps that you should have on your smartphone going into 2021. There's millions of them. We're going to pick some of the the ones that we think are pretty cool. Uh, guys, uh, I mean, there are so many apps. Uh, it's hard to basically choose any of them. I'm, I'm going to jump in uh, right now. Uh, I think a, a cool one, you know, especially hopefully as we get into traveling more in 2021, that's that's the happy positive thoughts i'm uh, i'm uh, thinking duolingo have you guys tried this oh yeah yeah it's it, honestly like what a great cool little app and for it to not cost anything is kind of awesome and so this is an app that helps you learn other languages which is kind of cool and, and no I, I heard you mention before the show that uh, it, it doesn't have klingon <laughs> Oh, you heard John and I talking. <laughs> no, I was curious if it, it... It does. Yeah. I was curious if it had it, and that would be reason why Graham would try it. <laughs> Actually, precisely so. Would you believe it or not? You kind of nailed that one right on the head. Um, yeah, so it does have a, a variety of different languages. Now, here's, here's the really cool thing. There are some dead languages or some dying languages, um, like Old Irish, not Gaelic, but actually Old Irish, um, that have people around the world that are working to help build the language packs up for these so they can bring them back to life. Language and culture are very tightly intertwined. And so having those two things together, um, you know, in, in, in an app and basically being able to share that with people who typically would not be exposed to it. It's a really cool way to do it. Plus, if you need to say, you know, donde esta la biblioteca, um, you're going to be able to learn how to do this in a variety of different languages. This is a great app. There's 35 plus uh, languages, including Klingon. 
Uh, I don't know why you would need to to learn that, but uh, they teach you all sorts of different, uh, you know, words and phrases that you would need to know while uh, you're out traveling in another country. So, uh, again, something that uh, I thought uh, was uh, was pretty cool. John, what's what's an app that you think that uh, people should have? Plenty of fish dating. Um, I actually found my fiance on Plenty of Fish, so oh, it seems to work. That's really kind of adorable. Oh. And did you yeah. try the other dating apps? Well, I tried them all. Yeah, um, they're, they're actually based in Vancouver, are they not? They were. I think they, they are. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. were. The, they've been bought by Match. dot com, but uh, they buy all the dating apps. Well, the, the plenty of fish functionality, I think, was a little bit better than the other ones. The other ones, they they try to get um, psychological psychological with you about like, you know, what kind of moods do you like and all this kind of stuff. Whereas plenty of fish was very basic but also very functional in the sense that it had a uh a, a bunch of categories and you could sort of pick what um uh what kind of things do that person like and you could really narrow down your focus on that much quicker and easier than the other apps that i played with um the web interface though looks like windows 95 but, um <laughs> The, the functionality still worked if you could get past the interface. Um, and, and so I found that the, this, the, the way it was structured worked the best and it was easier for, for Fiona and I to find each other that way. So I give, give big, big props to Plenty of Fish. So if you're looking for love in 2021 and who isn't uh, Plenty of Fish, check it out. Graham, what's on your list? A big one for me is Pixelmator Photo. And so this is an app from a company that basically kind of came out of the gate swing and at Adobe. And uh, so there's there's Pixelmator, which is a really nice image editor, but Pixelmator Photo focuses specifically on that photo editing. Um, and it's done a really great job of sort of landing in a place where it is not expensive. Uh, I think it's, you know, between 50 and 60 bucks, something like that. Um, and it, there's, a, there's a Mac app, uh, there is an iOS app, and there is an iPad OS app. Um, so you can basically use the app that is appropriate for the platform that you're on. Um, and the iPad OS app and the iOS app are actually the same app. They just install on the right platforms. And it's great. I mean, it can, it can clean up photos for you. Uh, it can, they actually have something called Super ML Resolution. Um, so basically, this is using machine learning. You can take a, a lower resolution image and you remember in like CSI where they say like zoom and has, and there was no resolution to do that with. That's actually a reality now. Um, so they can actually take those images that look a little rough and turn them into images that look beautiful. Uh, I would like to also mention if we're going to, you know, throw the gauntlet down for Adobe uh, Photoshop Express. Um, this is actually a really great little app, which has a ton of free features. And if you do have an Adobe Photoshop subscription, can do some really great stuff. And, uh, you know, I've done some really cool uh, images out there, especially of my cat who's currently biting me uh, <laughs> with pop color, which is a really neat feature that I absolutely love. Okay, I'm, I'm going to tell you one of my favorite apps that I think every pet owner should have going into 2021. And I'm just saying this because... You know, I think we need a little light and happiness and fun in our life. My talking pet. Have you tried this? This this app is uh, yes. all kinds of awesome. So basically, you take a picture of uh, your furry little friend, your cat, your dog, whatever. And through the app, and it's super easy to use, you can actually uh, record your own, I guess, voice message. And your little little furry friend can actually then say it. It looks like it's talking. 
So my, my, my partner, um, she has, she has a dog walking business. I'm getting them a shout out right now, the dogmas.ca and her business partner is a former stand-up comedian. I don't think you ever stopped being a stand-up comedian. So maybe she's a stand-up comedian. And so she does these and I get these every once in a while in my Instagram inbox and they are painfully funny. Like I am literally <laughs> howling when I see these things. I, I love it. I mean, it, it they look so real because you basically go in there and the app gets you to draw where their mouth is. And then, you know, with the recorded message message that you've done, it it makes it look like your your pet is talking. And does this serve any useful purpose? No, absolutely none other than to just put a smile on, on someone's face. So, uh, you know, again, it's not making the, the world a better place, but maybe through a little bit of... Uh, of happiness and uh, laughter. Uh, so just picking uh, another big one that, uh, or a couple of ones here, uh, Cameo. Have you guys uh, looked into this? Yeah, this one's kind of a fun one. Um, have have, you, have yeah. you seen some of the things that have come out of this? Yeah. So explain, Graham, what this one does. Uh, essentially with Cameo, hmm. uh, you, you can get a video message from a celebrity. So uh, we've seen a couple of these. And the thing that I found is really charming is that uh, I'm, I'm part of a few sort of more niche communities on reddit and so one of them was uh, the star trek discovery community and so uh, we've seen a few people like wilson cruz who plays dr culver somebody paid for him to give a shout out to uh to reddit doug jones who plays captain saru same thing and so it, it's it's kind of like it's great to be able to do this sort of one-to-one -one, but it's also really nice for people to be able to sort of give thanks to larger communities for doing something cool to have a celebrity say you know hi there and and, and merry christmas happy hanukkah Happy, <laughs> you're, I guess, referencing Smokey uh, Robinson trying to say Hanukkah in one of his messages. Ch challenging for some, challenging for Smokey. Yes. You can look that, that one up on YouTube if you need to. And, and so what kind of bucks are we talking here to get a celebrity to do a message for you? The same sort of money that you pay at a convention for a um, an autograph. So it can be anywhere from, you know, the low tens right up to you can pay a lot of money for it um you know the 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 joke was that you know so and so would do anything for a sandwich at one point and some some of these actors will jonathan frakes actually has been very prolific on cameo because uh, his rates are good and he puts a lot of effort into it which i really love yeah i guess it wouldn't take that much effort uh, and, you know, it, it brings a smile to to people's face. OK, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about some more apps that uh, you'll want to have on your uh, smartphone in 2021, maybe more on the entertainment side. You're listening to the app show back after this. You're back with the app show. Mike Agarbo here with John and Graham. We're talking about the apps that you uh, might want to have on your phone for 2021 and now kind of veering off onto the entertainment or game side. Uh, John, what's uh, some of the, the ones you're looking at? Well, one of the ones that I uh, got into during the pandemic on my Nintendo Switch was Animal Crossing. Um, but a lot of people might not know that they actually have uh, a standalone app for your smartphone called Pocket Camp, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. And it's a free to play uh, game. And it's like a miniature version of Animal Crossing. Um, it's a little bit more of a slog and not quite as pretty as uh, the Nintendo Switch version, but it's on your phone all the time. And there's even some cross-play um, uh, things you can do. If you are in Pocket Camp, you collect some things, and then they can actually appear on your island in the Nintendo Switch game too, which is kind of cool. So um, it just really depends on what kind of thing you want to do. Uh, the whole point of Animal Crossing is you're basically... Uh, 
designing and building an island on the Nintendo Switch on Pocket Camp. It's kind of like a little campsite, a little village that you're doing. And there's actually a lot more uh, items and characters to play with on the Pocket Camp version than there is on the Nintendo Switch, but they're starting to cross over. So it's a really fun little bit of escape that you can play for two minutes here and five minutes there and come back to at any time. John, one that you're really raving about now as well is called Among Us. Tell us how that uh, that works. Yeah, this is something that's really gone bananas. I forget the stats, but it's it's been one of the most played games of 2020 uh, in the sheer volume of uh, hours of play uh, from people. Because the nice thing is, is that you can play this on uh, your computer. You can play this on now it's on the Nintendo Switch and some other consoles, um, and, but it's also on uh, mobile. So uh, the idea behind this is kind of fun. Uh, basically, you and uh, a crew of crewmates are on a spaceship and somebody gets murdered and then the rest of the crewmates have to figure out who the killer is without getting killed themselves um, uh, or ejected out of the out of the spacecraft. Uh, this has been very popular on Twitch with a lot of people. A lot of famous celebrities have been playing this lately. Um, and it's just a really quick, you know, five to ten minute uh, kind of game session play. So it's really good to pick up and jump in, even if you don't know the, the people. I actually played a bunch of games with a bunch of random people on the Internet. And the nice thing is, is you don't have a lot of interaction with them. You just sort of have to run around and sort of play like a, a spacey version of Clue uh, on, a, on a spaceship and you can do it on your phone. And the cool thing, is, it kind of appeals to everyone, doesn't it? Yeah, because you're, you're basically you're given a bunch of tasks and you basically are either going to be the killer, uh, which you get a different set of tasks, or you're, you're trying to just get your jobs done without getting killed. Uh, and hopefully you can figure out who the killer is. So and, and it's it's super cartoony graphics like there's no blood or well, there's maybe a little bit of, of blood and gore. It's all cartoony violence. So it's it's all good. So it, it should be mentioned that uh, Jagmeet Singh actually uh, joined Congressman Ocasio-Cortez in playing a fundraiser yes. version of this game. So it's, it's got some pretty wide-reaching appeal uh, from the boomers right down to the millennials and Gen Z. I'm not really sure. But um, anyway, they, if you see the kids saying the words, uh, you know, so-and-so is pretty sus, this is where this comes yeah. from because they're suspect. Yes. Yeah, that's the interesting thing with the game is at the end of each round, everyone basically gets to vote on who they think the killer is. Um, and, uh, and then you sort of get to plead your case a little bit if you want to. Uh, and it, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I d actually did watch that live stream. It was a lot of fun. Graham, what about yourself? Uh, what, what games uh, do you think people should look at? You know, I, so here's the big one. If we're looking at mobile apps, I'm going to see the Destiny 2 Companion because I'm going to recommend that you try out Destiny 2. Uh, this is available on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, uh, Xbox One, Xbox One Series X, I think it is now, as well as PC. Uh, and it is a free-to-play, there's the keywords, right? Um, it's a massively multiplayer online action shooter. Try to say that 10 times fast. Uh, so basically, the guys that made Halo made this really cool game, uh, and it's super fun. And there's just the, the core gameplay loop. They call it the, the 20 seconds of action. For, for a first-person shooter, it's tons of fun. You play a space wizard. How, how could the, there be anything cooler than that? And bringing that back to mobile, there is a, there's now a companion app, which you can have on your iPad or your iPhone or your Android device, where you can interact with the game in real time. So you can go and you can get all your little tasks that you've got to do while you're in there. Um, I, I've sunk six years into this series and it has been incredibly rewarding. I made some great friendships along the way and had tons of fun. So I'd, I'd recommend this one. Destiny 2 will cost you a penny until it does. Uh, I think another uh, great, and it's not just one game, it's actually uh, 
a, a subscription, uh, I think was probably one of the best values here in 2020. And if you're on the Apple ecosystem, what uh, going to 2021 would hap- happen to be Apple Arcade. Don't you think, Graham? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, this, honestly, like Apple Arcade is one of those sort of dark horses that comes out of nowhere. And there are so many good little games on this. And the fact that you get to play it on your iPhone, your iPad, or your Apple TV, and you can play with the touch controls, or you can plug a controller in or a Bluetooth controller in, it's like this entire sort of dark horse ecosystem that came out of nowhere. It's like, here, here's a ton of fun. Go play. And there's literally over 100 games, uh, and you have access to all of them, and again, across all your Apple devices. How much? Uh, six bucks a month? Six bucks a month. But it's also included in Apple One. Which is kind of the the big all encompassing uh, package that uh, that uh, they have, but a fantastic like for six bucks a month, and you have access to over a hundred games, and these aren't crappy games; they're good games. You know which one I'm playing all the time is Frogger, but you know the <laughs> the the 3D version. It, it is it's all kinds of awesome. So uh, they have all sorts of like strategy games, uh, 3D games, puzzle games, you know. Games for pretty well any type of uh, gamer that uh, is uh, out there. Uh, do you have the subscription, John? I do. Yeah. 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 Um, but do we have time for one more one more game? Oh, we sure do. Yeah. All right. So I found a game uh, this summer actually that I that I it's probably one of the most played games this summer for me. It's called Rogue Jack, and what it is, it's got a really clever premise. It's your typical dungeon crawling, fight the monsters in the dungeon kind of game with an 8-bit graphic kind of look to it. But instead of actually fighting with the monsters, you play around a blackjack with them. <laughs> you sent so, this to me. I played it. It's awesome. Yeah, and it's free, and it's on, on iOS and Android. Um, and it's just so cute. And like almost immediately, I paid, the I think it was like 3 bucks to get rid of like the very minimal ad that it did show eventually um but it's super fun because you just run around and you know you run into a mob of creatures and you have to play blackjack with them all and it's super fun and it's called uh, again rogue jack rogue jack and it's free you can't lose yeah okay that were those were some of the picks we have for 2021 we are going to have to take a break here on the app show when we come back more tech to talk stay tuned you're back with the app show, Mike, John, and Graham here. Don't forget to hit our contest page at getconnectedmedia.com. We have an awesome prize pack going. This is a holiday gift basket, we're calling it. The deadline is December 31st. It's worth over 900 bucks. It's got a smart toothbrush from Oral-B, Ancestry DNA kits, a Microsoft Surface earbuds, and Google Nest Mini. This is a great uh, package. And again, all you have to do is go to getconnectedmedia.com and hit the newsletter tab. Also, check out our YouTube channel. It's uh, Get Connected TV. Just do a search for that up on YouTube. We'd like you to subscribe. Also, comment on the videos. We're making all sorts of great videos, uh, how-tos, smartphone reviews, all that kind of stuff. If you want us to make more, subscribe, and we'll keep on doing it. We've had a great year here. Uh, Next week, uh, we're going to be talking about some of the apps, uh, again, that you'll need to to make 2021 a successful one. I want to thank everyone that helps uh, put the app show together. Of course, uh, John. Uh, and Christina, and of course, Graham uh, as well, and the rest of the folks back at uh, the studio. We'll see you again in the new year.
You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.